It's derby time. Come on, tell your friends. We'll go to many distant lands. With Dan the coach and Jackie the skater, the fun will never end. It's derby time. Welcome to the Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby Podcast. This is Jackie Bauer. Thank you for joining me today on the path to becoming better athletes, teammates, leaders, and human beings. Hey there, everybody. It looks like even though it was a longer length episode last week that you guys really enjoyed it. I've gotten a lot of great feedback so far. Thank you again to Kaio Kense for being our guest. And this week we're going to talk about mindset, specifically when it comes to hitting, to the trauma of being injured or seeing someone be injured, and mental recovery from injuries. So it's kind of a nice segue from last week. And I also get to answer two listener messages while I'm at it. So win-win for everybody here involved. And I think this is just a really important topic. It's not the first time I've done an episode on injuries. Clearly, we just talked about it last week too. But I think it's just really important to keep going into the because sometimes we concentrate so hard on the physical journey of recovery that we don't always take the time to work on the mental side of recovery. And that's what we're gonna focus on today. Let's start today by talking about hitting. I'm gonna start by reading a message from a listener. Hey, I've been skating for two years. Currently, I am out of the game on an eight to 12 week ankle injury. Since on leave, I've lately been wondering if this is a thing and maybe you could see what the Derbyverse thinks of it, or maybe you've previously done an episode and could send me a link. The question is hitting. Is there a popular school of thought, like hit as hard as you can or hit just hard enough? I think for co-ed slash MRDA, the hits are often harder. As well as during my first year slash rookie games, I would hit as hard as possible just to prove myself. As I've learned more about the game, I found I could be just as effective by only using necessary force. But I now think that it is important to be able to take hits when someone is hitting you with their full force. But what do you think? Well, I've got plenty of thoughts on this. Let's get started. Ooh, hitting, hitting. Okay, there is definitely a culture within roller derby. I'm not sure how many people, but a lot of them. A lot of people love hitting in roller derby. They love getting to exert their body's force on another human being. It's a release. It's something they get to do after a tough day at work. It's like this time where it's like okay to be kind of violent and you just have all this power and it goes to your head and it's, it's, it's very addicting. Honestly, I've never really been one of those people myself. I am not dissing those people at all. Like, more power to you. I, I believe in your power. But 
for me, it's always been a little bit more of a, I hit when I got a hit. Otherwise, I just like the skating thing. And that's just always been where I've come from it personally. So you've got this desire to hit that a lot of people have. And it can be really hard to rein that in because it feels great. You did something, it had an effect. You exerted your will on the universe and it feels like you should have little cartoon sound effects going kapow, bam, boom, you know, like whenever you hit somebody. But the effect over time is a lot. We talked about this last week with Kai. Hitting, it can be traumatic to the body over time. One big hit can do something. Lots of little hits can do something. Hitting has an effect on our bodies long term. There's no doubt about it. And I am of a mind that we do not need to be hitting all the time, all practice, every practice, because it takes so much out of you. It takes so much out of your victims. It's a lot. And there are so many skills we could be working on, like avoiding those hits, which is amazing. The more, I mean, you know, you miss 100% of the hits that don't hit you. really badly paraphrased that. Um, anyway, yeah. Um, the point is the less hits you take, the better your body is over time for health reasons, right? Just for less injuries, less brain trauma, less everything with that. That's great. However, you also do need to be able to take a hit. Because there are plenty of people out there who are going to give it to you. They're going to give it to you good, right? And some of that might be because, like you described, rookies really like to prove something. They really want to show how hard they can hit, even if they don't have full control of their body yet. That happens. Sometimes it happens. There are some people who just love hitting so much that they just need that release. And then, of course, there's the hits that need to be hit, the ones where this much force was necessary, and you got to be ready for it. So I do think it's very important to practice receiving hard hits at strategic points in your practice schedule. I think this is something that coaching has to develop a plan and decide, like, for these parts of practice on these days, we are going to practice hitting and receiving hits so that our bodies and minds can be ready for what this feels like, what it's going to be like. And it's really important to be able to know how to take that hit well, to be able to sink into your derby form, get nice and low, have a real stable uh, balance underneath you, and just understand how leaning into it will help counter the effectiveness of the hit. Uh, how like you can dodge out of the way. Like there's just so much to learn from hitting and being hit that can pay off in the game time in within games. It doesn't mean we need to do it all the time though, right? It doesn't mean we need to be putting our bodies through that all the time, but absolutely this is a vital, important practice. We gotta learn how to hit and take hits because this is a contact sport. And if you're not ready for it, that's when those injuries are going to happen. Now, you talked about necessary force. This is something I am 
a proponent of often. It's just one of those things where once you've gotten that control of yourself, like like you now have after being in Derby for two years, you've got more control of your body. And that's when necessary force is more important. How much force is necessary to make the impact I need? How much force do I actually need to exert to move that blocker out of the way, to move that jammer out of bounds, to get myself through this wall right now? You are going to learn what the necessary force is based on experience. You're going to learn about body types. For example, if I have learned if someone outweighs me by like 100 pounds and they're in a stopped position in well, like good derby stance, well balanced, prepared for a hit, and I just go try to wail on them, I'm not going to get a lot of return on my investment. (laughs) It's going to maybe hurt me more than it does them. Not because I'm not powerful or because I don't strength train or work on my skill, but physics, right? So I have learned a lot about smarter, not harder hits. I have learned about angles of the track. I have learned about body positions. And I have learned, like I just witnessed the other night, the skinniest girl on our team hit one of the most powerful presences on our track and knocked her down. And it was a thing of beauty. And it happened because of speed, momentum, body positions from both players. And it was just a perfect meeting in the middle where, bam, little girl takes down bigger girl. And it was incredible. So you can absolutely exert your force on people in a meaningful way if you just approach it smarter. And that means not wailing on people when it's not necessary, uh, not going out of your way, because sometimes you go for that big giant hit, you just take yourself out of bounds. And that's often not helpful to your team. If you take yourself off of your feet in the process, not helpful to your team. If you hurt somebody or yourself, not helpful to anyone (laughs) on your team, on the other team, anywhere. That's just not helpful. So I love necessary force because when you have learned about your body and the effects your body has on others and honing your craft, you can jump in there with your rookie skaters that you have now and you can give them what they need for the level they're at right now and then gradually up the ante because they need to be ready to take big hits too. But it doesn't mean you need to give it to them on day one or even day 10 sometimes. Sometimes you let them get their feet under them and then let them take the monster hit. We have just gotten to a place in practice now where we're allowed to hit our rookies with a little more oomph and it is delightful. And I am so happy because their attitudes are so positive. They are so excited for these hits and they're taking them very well. Uh, They're learning about how to react and they're like, yeah, yeah, give it to me. I really want to know what it's like. Please don't hold back. Give it to me now. And I'm like, oh, I can go hit you. Yay. Uh, Oftentimes when I'm going through a drill or scrimmaging or in a game, I'll just do what is necessary because it's more healthy for me and everybody involved. But Not going to lie, if I need to get from one line to the other in a blink of an eye, you're going to get what's coming to you. (laughs) 
<laughs> that means sometimes you're just gonna get the force that it took me to get there and I'm gonna bounce off of you and hold myself in bounds because of your body. Thank you very much, you're out of bounds, I am in bounds, I'm running you back now, I'm so happy with my life. This happens. And those, those moments, they make you feel pretty good. But I don't just wail on anyone for the sake of it because we all, we all gotta go through this, right? There's another thing I want to talk about before I move on from hitting, and that is the concept of revenge hitting or a receipt, which I think is important to talk about. Um, the term receipt I learned last night, I was watching a movie called Fighting With My Family. It is now on Amazon Prime, so you can watch it for free if you have that. And it's about this wrestler named Paige who grew up fighting um, as a wrestler, like her whole family is wrestlers. And so she came from a wrestling background and she was taken into WWE in the story and in real life and had to work with people who did not have a wrestling background. So that meant sometimes they were sloppy. Sometimes they didn't pull their hits when they were supposed to because wrestling is not faked, it is fixed. And that means it's two people working together to put on a great match and they are not trying to kill each other. They are trying to create a moment that you will remember, right? So she's working with this girl in the ring who came from like a modeling background or whatever. And she keeps like, the model keeps like accidentally like throwing her elbow back and hitting her in the face. Hurts a lot. And we talked about last week, hitting, getting hit in the face, in the head, it generates an emotional reaction because from an evolutionary standpoint, we got to protect our brains. And if we didn't have a reaction to make it memorable to let others know like, hey, this isn't okay, we wouldn't have heads very long, I think. <laughs> so what happened was in the story, uh, she told the person, hey, you're doing this thing. You need to do this other thing because the way you're doing it right now is dangerous, hurtful to me, etc." but the other wrestler kept doing it. And so at that point, Paige just slapped her. And uh, the coach was like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? And Paige was like, well, from my background in wrestling, we call that a receipt. If you keep botching this up and you keep messing it up and you keep doing things that are dangerous, we get to give you one back to teach you the lesson. It's the only way you learn. It's the only way you get the lesson. And the coach in this story was like, well, that's not the way we do things. Apologize, blah, blah, blah. We don't do that like that here. But I bet this concept sounds really familiar to you. I bet in a game or at a practice or a scrimmage, you have seen some evidence of a receipt of a type of revenge hit. And it might have been because a player was doing something dangerous and you wanted to teach them a lesson. But sometimes it's one of those things where somebody's just been getting on your nerves. They've been in pain in your butt all night. And then you saw an opportunity and you're like, oh, I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them good. I would caution you against this. I would caution you against the revenge hits motivated by emotion. I have learned that in sports, Decisions made in an emotional way on the track do not work out as well. <laughs> um, as for learning the lesson, 
I do think there is some value in learning the lesson in the right way. And now in the right way means if somebody's hitting you illegally, they're hitting you in the face, hitting you in the head, it does not mean you hit them in the head back. It does not mean you slap them around and be like, hey, hey, why are you hitting yourself? <laughs> not that I think anyone in Derby goes to that extreme. But I think that there is value in finally teaching somebody why they need to not do the thing they are doing. For example, uh, it was like a few weeks ago now at a practice, a skater kept engaging with me backwards. They wanted to one-on-one block with me backwards and they were not protecting themselves as well as they needed to be. It's not a good idea to go one-on-one with me backwards because a skater like me is going to teach you a lesson for it. And basically I started out being nice. I started out, you know, being nice. Okay, we're playing together. We're playing together. But if you keep going lone wolf against me, In a game, an opponent, I will make you pay for it. And so some other jammer is going to make that player pay for it at some point. I would rather that player learn now before the game. Now, not trying to hurt the person at all, but I did finally just give a big hit that put this person on their butt because I needed this person to know that this is a possibility, (laughs) that this absolutely can happen in a game. And I need you to know and be prepared for it so that you are ready for this situation. And we were cool. We laughed about it. We smiled. We high-fived. We talked, we were like, yay, Derby. It's okay. It's Derby. And I did check on the person because I didn't want to be a jerk. But here's the funny thing about when you teach somebody else a lesson, they, other people only see you. They don't see what happened before. So naturally, um, coach comes over to me and asks, why'd you do that? Aren't you going a little hard? Like, what the heck? Take it easy. And here's the funny thing. Because I don't hit with my full force all the time, because I hit with necessary force and I don't wail on people, in those moments where I actually demonstrate the power I'm capable of, people think something is wrong. People think that I am in an emotional place and that I'm revenge hitting. And that's not what I intend to do, but I can understand how it could be seen as that. So if you are anything like me, I want you to know this is how the behavior can be interpreted. And it's really important to establish good rapport with the person you're working with right now so that we understood what just took place and why. And are we really good about it? And to let people know afterwards, if anyone was watching and thinking, oh my gosh, there's drama. Those two players are trying to kill each other. That's not always the case. Sometimes we are having a learning moment and then we can move on from there. Um, So I, I just want you to know how actions can be interpreted if you take things into your own hands. And please don't just wail on people for the sake of wailing on them. Do not get into an emotional place in your games where you're just going on a revenge spree because when you make those decisions based on emotion, that's often where people get hurt and even more often where you are out of position to not do the thing that your mind actually needs to be focusing on in this moment in gameplay. It's a distraction. It's a distraction that hurts you and your team if you're just like, boom, 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 I need to hit everything. Be smart, be strategic, hit in the right places at the right moments, use the angles and be amazing on the track. 
I talked about this already way longer than I thought I would. We're going to take a quick break and I'll come back and talk about our next topic. Today's episode is brought to you by Stakeswear. Stakes makes contact wear tops, bottoms, and accessories optimized for roller derby target and blocking zones. And hey, they would know, they're roller derby skaters themselves. You'll be able to slay without worrying about impact. Their impact material XRD has the highest impact absorption capability currently available on the market. I once took a monster hit to the sternum and it didn't heal completely for two years. The Stakes Pro Top gave me extra protection in the vital areas I needed for my chest so I could keep playing the sport I love. When looking for contact wear, I was worried I'd look bulky, but with Stakes, you get to look great in this cool finish design with low profile, skin friendly material. Plus you can smell great because it's treated with microband antimicrobial protection, which allows for fewer washes. Seriously, I just do a quick rinse in cold water after practice and let it air dry. Use the code POWER4 to get 10% off your first purchase. Visit stakeswear.com or find them on social media at Stakeswear. episode is brought to you by Bout Betty's, the only roller derby subscription service in the world. They offer a range of levels so you're sure to find a pack that fits in your budget. So whether you're wanting derby enamel pins, comfy athleisure clothes, or sturdy workout apparel, they have you covered. As for me, I super love the apparel. You may have noticed how often I wear it when I make videos for our Facebook page. The leggings, shorts, and sports bras are amazing. The material is ridiculously silky, smooth, and soft. The first time I pulled on my leggings, I could not stop touching my legs and asking friends to touch my legs so they could feel the magic that is this material. And it's so darn cute. There's mermaids, dinosaurs, cats, and many fun new designs coming your way. Whether you're the track, skate park, gym, or grocery store, you will turn heads and bring joy to those you meet. They offer sizes small through 3X and leggings are bout tested and derby durable. Subscribe today using our podcast promo code POWER10 for 10% off your first pack at boutbetties.com. It's like derby Christmas every single month and yes, they do ship internationally. And we're back. The next thing I want to talk about is the trauma from injuries, the mental aspect of something has happened to you or to someone else. It's gotten in your head. It's messed you up a little bit. And how do you come back from that? Uh, I had kind of a lengthy conversation with a listener about this, a bit of back and forth. And I'm going to read the uh, important sections here to talk about this topic. Listener says... I was wondering if you could talk a little on your podcast about staying safe slash preventing breaks and injuries in derby. More importantly, can you touch on how derby players process the injuries of teammates when they have witnessed the injury themselves? I witnessed my first bad break and it has really shaken me up. I don't want fear to keep me from this game that I love, but I also can't get that horrible moment out of my head. It's, It's really rough if you are there for a really bad break because it just makes it so suddenly real. It makes it like very possible. It's right there. You could touch the person and something horrible has happened that that can definitely mess you up. It really can. Um, 
I want to read a little bit more from our conversation. Uh, I recommended that this person listen to my first solo episode, which is called Fear is a Liar. I think that's going to be our next run back episode. So if you don't want to go back through the feed, just wait a little bit and I'll release it next week and you can give it a listen yourself. And I'll just apologize in advance for my total noobness in my first episode. But it was really good content and I'm, I'm really happy with it and I want to share it again. Um, so listener said, I shared my concern and fears with some teammates and even told them I might sit out our game next weekend. Unfortunately, no one is being super supportive and I honestly feel devalidated in my fear. I really don't know if I'm overreacting or if my teammates aren't being supportive. So my response to a situation like this, you weren't the one hurt, but it's really freaking you out. And I want to tell you... to the, the listener and everybody out there, if, the, if you've gone through this, it is a serious trauma to see someone go through that. It, it's also important to recognize this is one incident. One incident. It doesn't always happen like this. You saw one really bad one. Don't let the fear of this happening to you or to somebody else come inside you and build a summer home. Okay. Um, it's just one of those things where it's not, your fear is not invalid. It's a valid fear. It, it's your body's way and your mind's way of protecting itself. It, it wants you to feel this so that you don't get in this situation. It's a very human response, but please listeners out there, Don't let fear take over and prevent you from doing things you love. Take time if you need it, but then you really need to get back on the horse as soon as you can and ride, okay? You must ride (laughs) because you can't let the fear win, especially if this is something you love, especially if you have life goals for this, especially if you're not done yet. If you're not done with Derby yet and you still have more Derby you want to do in your life, Do not let the fear, especially when it wasn't even your injury, don't let it get to you so much that you can't go do the things. You must continue to go do the things, okay? Um, What happens when you are injured or you see someone be injured, your mind reacts in a way to protect you. And there is a hyper awareness where you kind of need to prove everything is okay to yourself. So it's okay to start out a little conservative, giving yourself extra time, extra space. Um, It's okay to come back gently, but you must come back. Your, Your body is probably going to alert you to pain or soreness with much more regularity than you would otherwise. Like your, your body's gonna be like, Hey, is this okay? Oh my gosh. Hey, is that all right? Your body's hyper aware right now because it wants to protect you and that's okay. That's completely normal. And at every point you have to be like, hey, we're doing all right. We are doing all right. Everything's okay. Now here's the tough part. And this is where we're going to get into our mental side of recovery for if you are the one that is injured. When are you actually okay? How do you know when you're actually okay? Is it because a doctor said you should be back to doing things now? Or is it because you said 
it's time to be back to doing things now. It's a really tough thing. Um, it's really tough to know when you are ready. Let's take me for example. I'm an eager beaver. I really want things so badly that I am just going and going and going because every day I want to be more awesome than the day before. And I ha- I just, I love the sport and I love being good at it. I want to be good at it and be better at it. And so anytime I'm sidelined with an injury or have to take a step back because of an injury, it's, it's like, ah, it's so painful, right? And in many ways, every time we get injured, it's not about getting back to the same player we were because we're not going to be the same player we were because something happened to our bodies or our brain and it has changed us. And we get to decide how that change is going to affect us. If we've decided to limit ourselves out there, or if we are going to be more creative, more educated on what our bodies are capable of, just more interested in our strength and our power and uh, just making ourselves more durable. Basically, an injury can either hold you back or it can set you up to think about yourself in a critical way that can end up giving you so many benefits long-term. You can learn things about your body, ways to prevent future injuries. You can become even more dynamic than ever. You don't need to get back to where you were. You are either going to be taking a step back from where you were and coming back in a more limited way, depending on where you are at in your life and your body, or you're going to you're going to take this challenge, you're going to pick up this torch and you're just going to light it up by just training yourself really smart and you can come back better than ever. But you're going to play in a different way than you did before because you've learned things from the way you used to play. Uh and I why the why why I'm phrasing this this way is because this is an upper opportunity. It's an opportunity. And I think we forget that pretty often when we're bogged down by the emotions of just, just being irritated, depressed, anxiety, um, frustrated, because it's so frustrating when you can't do the things you used to do. And so here's where I have to admit, I haven't always been kind to myself during this recovery, and that it's been a tough one. You know that I have dealt with some some tough things over over the off season. There are coping mechanisms a lot of people have that help them deal with failure and an injury feels like a personal failure. Something that you did, something that happened to you. Either way, it feels like there's been a failure in your life and sometimes with that comes the emotions. Sometimes it's the depression. And in my case, it was the disordered eating that started to want to creep up its head again, which is very difficult. And there is this deeply rooted need to prove that we are tough enough, that we can tough it out. And it's hard to say really where this originated in our culture, but it's something you see all the time. And I definitely have done a lot of that in my derby career. I've done a lot of having to prove myself 
to myself and to others. Like I've got something to prove. I've got something to prove. Like I got knocked down. I'll get back up again. All of that is great, right? But then there's when should you not get back up again, which is what usually gets me in trouble. And I keep telling you about my mistakes in hopes that I can help prevent you from some of yours. I want to tell the Jackies out there, hey, Jackie, it's really okay. Nothing is that important. (laughs) You can chill out a little bit. It'll be okay. I want you to be amazing too. You know, Jackie to Jackie here. But sometimes you got to do the smart thing. And here's what happened. Um, I'll let peek behind the curtain here. Um, I've been really careful at practice with my knee. I've been hyper aware as I've talked about, you know, every time I'm doing a drill, is my knee okay? Is my knee okay? It's very much on my mind because this is a process of testing it out and making sure we're good, right? It's a process of, are we okay? Okay. We're okay. Everything is fine. Everything is fine. And part of that is also being greenlit by my captain, who's my doctor, who's like, hey, don't do this drill, do this drill, whatever, while I was coming back. And I got to the point where I was actively participating in everything at practice. And I was so excited about this. I didn't want to lose it again because it was such a battle to get there. It was so hard to go through all that to get there. I didn't want to lose it again. I didn't want it taken away from me. And so that means what happened was sometimes... I would test my knee out and I'd be like, oh, it's feeling really good. It's feeling really good. I got through this whole thing, but I wouldn't feel the ramifications of what I'd done until later because endorphins can mask pain. So sometimes I would do something really well in practice, but then I would feel it a lot the next day. And when I should be taking a step back, sometimes I wouldn't. Or I would take a partial step back and I'd be like, I'm only plowing on this side of my body today, but I'm still going to actively participate in everything we're doing. And people are kind of looking at me like, that's kind of weird. And I'm like, it's fine. Everything is fine. Everything about this is fine. I'm the little cartoon dog in the little cartoon house that is on fire and everything is fine. And what happens when you start doing that is... (sighs) (laughs) it it makes other people worry about you. I don't want other people to worry about me. And I'm sure you don't either. Uh, Those of you out there listening, the ones who fall into the same trap that I did. I didn't want people to worry about me. People asking me every practice about my knee. I don't want that. That's the last thing I want. I didn't do this for attention. I don't want the attention that comes with it. I want to forget that it's a problem. And that means I I just just didn't really want to talk about it. And I can't expect people to not worry about me because they're human beings and they care. And in my efforts to make, to prove everything is fine all the time, I toughed it out through situations I shouldn't have. And during one of those situations where I probably should have just like been like, I'm not going to do this drill right now. I took uh, hit uh, a high block that really rocked my head back and it hurt my neck. And at the time I was like, okay, this is a neck problem. It's not a head problem. I'm going to um, take it a little easier this week, but I'm fine. Everything is fine. A week later, I participated in my first scrimmage and I took a late hit 
I was calling off the jam and I got hit and I fell backwards in a way that was unprotected. And no, my head did not hit the floor. My helmet is fine. But the whiplash effect with my already sore neck meant my neck hurt a lot more now. And I still thought it was just a neck problem. And it wasn't until like days later when that finally faded that I realized there was pressure in my head again. Pressure, as we have learned, usually means mild concussion symptoms, at least mild concussion symptoms. But I didn't want to believe it. I've already had a bunch of concussions. I don't need this one either. Maybe it's not really there. Maybe it's not really a thing. And I kept hoping maybe it wasn't real. I kept telling myself stories of, you just need to tough it out. You just haven't been getting enough sleep. This isn't a big deal. And I'm accustomed to working through pain because that's what I did all the end of last season. And it, I was able to, you know, I took that rest period. We went to that tournament. Everything was great. But here's the thing. Why am I doing it right now? Why am I doing it at the beginning of a season? It's the beginning of a season. Nothing has even happened yet. So why am I acting like our backs are against the wall and there's something at stake? There isn't. So I'm telling you, Jackie out there, hey, Jackie, it's not that important right now. Like right now is the time of healing and of taking good care of yourself. And I was afraid to reveal my symptoms to others because I didn't want to lose my practice opportunities again. But it got to the point where I knew I had to. I knew I finally had to. And so uh, I am off skates for the time being. And it's the right thing. I'm just uh, kind of ashamed of myself that it took me that long to figure it out. And I'm, I'm telling you this because I still make mistakes. And I want this to be a learning moment, not just for me, but for you guys. Like, with any type of injury, if you know you should be backing off, please back off before it gets worse. Please, please back off before it gets worse. Um, you don't need to prove anything to anybody. And um, I had a long talk with Coach Dan last night where he told me, hey, you're forcing it and you've been forcing it for a while. And because you're forcing it, you're starting to lose some of that joy you have for the sport because you're out there with like gritted teeth saying everything is fine when it isn't. And there's nothing more important than living the sport the way you want. And for me, that's from a place of joy. I have to love what I'm doing. And I can't be putting myself through the ringer over nothing. And, you know, when it comes to OPE, other people's expectations, it's really easy to build them up in your head and think, oh, I'm going to let people down if I'm not there right at the beginning of the season. Oh, I'm going to let people down if I have to leave now and maybe not get enough practice time in before our first game. Like, oh, no, letting people down. You know what? Uh, Coach Dan told me other people would be relieved if you took a break, <laughs> not because they've been talking about me or anything, but people who... Jackie, hey, people who care, like Jackie out there in the audience, people who care about you would rather see you happy and healthy because what are we doing this for if we're not going to be happy and healthy? This is supposed to be for fun. This is supposed to be something we enjoy because we get the thrill out of competition and 
improving ourselves and growing as, as people and athletes, this is supposed to be a magical place of transformation where we get to be superheroes. And it can't be that if you're gritting your teeth in the house on fire saying everything is fine. It can't. So those of you out there who might be dealing with something like this, any kind of injury, I am giving you permission to take a little break, take a little rest and come back when it's actually the right time. I know it's hard to tell you want to come back now, but maybe waiting just a little bit longer is actually the right call. It's so hard to figure that out. It's so hard to know, to know deep down in your bones when you're ready. But I would rather you be safe than sorry for injury recovery. Now, when it comes to just plain old fear, like I told you about at the beginning of this section, fear, I want you to come back as soon as you can and do things at your own pace, but come back in some capacity so that the fear doesn't live in you. I want you to come back and get over the fear part. But when it comes to your body being healthy, do it at the right time. And uh, before the next break, I want to tell you the happy ending to the story with that listener. We kept in touch and that listener did go play in a game that they weren't sure they were going to play in and ended up, the team was short on jammers. They got put in the jammer rotation. And now that their coach has seen them jam, the coach wants them to train for jamming and be a regular part of the jamming rotation. And now... It's gone from a place of, I'm not sure, I don't feel safe in Derby, to I might get to live this dream of playing this position, which is so fundamental to the team, and I'm so excited about it. And and that's what I love about this story. I love that we got away from the fear and got to a place of growth, which is amazing. We're going to take one more break, and I'm going to come back with the last section where I'm going to give you eight tips for mental recovery from injuries. Today, I'm going to talk to you about Moda Skates. Moda Skates was started by Doug and Julie Glass, both inline and roller skating world champions for decades. They've taken their expertise for knowing what athletes need based on personal experience and have lovingly poured it into these skates. Moda Skates is different from other companies. They work hard to provide premium level products at entry level prices. They make a skate that performs at the top level for a fraction of the cost of other brands. And I love that personal small business touch that they provide in everything they do. I'm loving my Metcon Savage skates. The boots are low cut, just how I like for extra mobility and have a great heel lock. There's almost no break-in period. Just put them on and go skate. I customized my Boss Pro plates and trucks in gold and orange colors so it can feel like fall, my favorite season, all year round. I could never afford customization in other brands. Believe me, I looked. It makes me feel like these skates are special and unique to me. The Monster Stopper Toe Stops give amazing lateral stability. They are made of long-lasting rubber, so I can stop and start with ease and not worry about wearing them down. The turbine wheels deliver performance you've been dreaming about. Your handling and stability and your edge work will make you feel invincible. And the high rolling efficiency will help you crush your laps. 
get motivated with Moda Skates. Visit modaskates.com, M-O-T-A skates.com or any authorized skate vendor for more details. Thank you, Moda Skates, for sponsoring today's episode. And we're back. In the last section, I confess to you that driving myself hard with recovering from my knee ended up resulting in a mild concussion, which I'm now recovering from. And for the first time, I'm actually going to take a little step back from Derby more than normal. I am usually someone who, even when injured, would show up at every practice and continue to give feedback and help coaching and do things like that and stay involved because I really do thrive on being a part of the community. But um, the... The moodiness I've been feeling from the concussion this time around, I I don't want to actually bring that around my teammates. So this time it seems like I would actually rather take a little bit of time away because I, I want a chance to miss it. I want a chance to miss Derby so that when I come back, it'll be more joyful. It will be a more happy and positive experience. I, I want to set this up as something that I get to return to like and be really, really, really happy about. And I can't do that if I'm like on the sidelines being kind of bummed out and jelly. And I'm going to be doing um, happy, constructive things with my free time. And uh, I will be back soon, I hope. But I think this is going to be important for me in this case. And that's something, a decision I've made for myself uh, after talking with Coach Dan. And I kind of, I did need someone's permission to do this. I did need to know it was going to be okay if I stepped back at this time, at this time in the season, at this time in my team's history. I needed to know that it was okay. And I got that permission and I feel better. Obviously didn't need it, but it felt a lot better to have it. So... To organize my thoughts, I drew together, um, I actually looked up a couple of articles about mental recovery with injuries, and I found one that had seven. I've decided it needed to be an eight-point list, and um, I'm going to go through some of them with you because this helped me organize my thoughts a little bit in my, my bad brain state. So the first one for when you are recovering from an injury, any type of injury, It is recommended that you work on goal setting as a way to focus yourself. And when I was getting ready the first time, when I was going through all that stuff and I was like trying to do the right things at the end of last season, my big goal, that thing out in front of me was always that first place trophy. Like I've got to do everything right so I can be there with my team and we can all win this first place trophy together. I want to be a part of that moment. I know I will, I'm an important part of the team and I want to be there. I want to help it happen. And we did that and it was beautiful. However, right now, my goal like the way our seasons lined up this year, we're just going to be facing a bunch of teams we've never faced before and not for anything except for maybe some rankings points. And that, that means a lot to some people, but it's not something that emotionally inspires me. Like this just numbers. It doesn't do it for me. It just doesn't, it doesn't get me all, all geeked up. So 
it's just a bunch of random teams. It's just derby, average derby. None of these games have special meaning. These are just opportunities for us to go out and perform and execute and work on the things we're working on and see how we measure up to some other team that's doing the same thing, like like most derby games. So right now my goal has to actually be, I just want healthy brain, healthy brain and knee. And um, I want to skate without worrying. I want to skate without having to think about my brain and knee. So that's the important goal I'm focused on right now. For you, for you out there, listener, it's not about getting back to the person that you were before, the athlete you were before. It's about reinventing yourself. And what do you want that new version of yourself to look like out there on the track? And make that your goal, like envision what that's going to be and work on the things that can help you get there in the best way possible. <laughs> Don't overdo it, just but do it right. So the, the second point to think about when you're injured is be optimistic. And you know what? I was. I was optimistic, especially coming into getting to start the season. Putting the skates on my feet was amazing. I was excited about my progress. I was excited about how I would go back to some of the first PT exercises I learned and realized I didn't feel what I did the first time. The first you know, a few times I did them when there was so much pain. Now I felt barely anything at all. And that's amazing. The human body healing is an amazing, amazing thing. It's so exciting. And it felt like I was climbing to the top of a mountain and I was so close to getting on top and getting to look around and enjoy the view. That's what it felt like. But when the concussion happened, it was like somebody pushed me off the mountain. Um, so I have some reclimbing to do. And uh, that's just where I am at in my recovery. And that can happen, everybody out there. Like you can have setbacks. And it, it doesn't mean the end of the world. It just means reassessing and coming at it again with new information. The third point to think about during your recovery this one I particularly love, and it is visualization to boost performance. Now, I've been a little hard on myself at practice before the concussion, even because I'm like, oh, as much work as I've done, I feel like I'm not as fast as I used to be, not quite as agile. I'm not jumping quite as high. And it, it was just kind of, I wasn't completely dumping on myself, but I was just noticing there's more work to be done here. There's more things I need to do. And I have ideas about how I'm going to do them. You know, I was, I was working on it in a productive way. But the thing that's actually helped me a lot lately was um, I dug up my highlight reel. Last year, we took uh, game footage of a lot of our games and I went through and I made a highlight reel for myself that showed moments in the game of me being successful, whether that's fancy moves or smart gameplay, awareness, like noticing what my blockers were doing for me or um, like clips of, you know, you had just been knocked to the ground, but you got up and then did a fancy move and got out of the pack. Like I, I wanted to see moments of struggle where I overcame adversity and that inspires me. I love watching that because it helps me visualize like that's what I want to be. I've already said, I'm not going to, every time you get injured, you can't go exactly to the way things were, but 
it sure is inspirational to watch that and to watch other players that you want to emulate and just kind of go through the motions mentally so that you can kind of just download that information and send it to your muscle groups. And it, it oddly enough gets you more prepped to do those things in real life. I know it sounds crazy, but it really helps to visualize going through the motions because sometimes you don't have to do the physical reps. Sometimes the mental reps of what it's going to be like in gameplay can help you get there almost as effectively as doing it physically. Just try it. Just just try it sometime. I, I promise you it's amazing. Number four is focus on the present. And that means not looking ahead and worrying about the date of our first home game. I'm not looking ahead and being like, how long am I going to be out? Because if you do that, it's really easy to get depressed and bummed out. And so I'm just focusing on, hey, one day at a time, one week at a time, I'm going to start with this week and see how it goes. And I'm just going to be mindful of how I feel each day and just try to keep moving forward in a way that doesn't make me have to go backward as much. <laughs> um, number five is one I wasn't doing as well before, but I'm going to do better now. And that's honor your feelings. You're going to have feelings about being hurt. I've already described a lot of them. There could be anger. There could be sadness. There could be fear. It's okay to admit to these feelings. Your feelings are valid. Your, your feelings are yours and it's okay to have them. It's okay to express them in a safe space to somebody who has given you permission <laughs> to talk to them about these things or a professional even better. It's really okay. Um, and you just gotta work through your feelings. Like when you bottle them up, like I was kind of doing, I was doing a little bit of bottling um, as I've, I felt very resentful at first about this concussion. And it almost started to trickle into resentment toward my own teammates because being jelly that they could do things and I couldn't, and that I had gotten hurt at one of our own practices for the first time. Um, that was a bummer. <laughs> um, and it, when it's, especially when it's something that impacts your head, you feel emotional about it. And I, I honestly don't blame any particular person. I'm not holding any kind of vendetta in my head, but I could see how easy it would be to do that. And I'm just going to let that stuff go. Like I kind of admitted it out loud one time. And then I was like, okay, now I can let the feelings go because I talked about it. Bottling it up sometimes makes it more intense. Just talk about it to somebody and just be like, you know, I don't know if I should even feel this way, but these are some of the thoughts going through my head and I just want to talk about them. And then they, they can go away. You, you can let them go. Six, accept help and support. So the other night when I finally admitted to my captain, like, hey, I have been having uh, concussive symptoms. She said, okay, go out of this drill. And I did. But then a little bit later, she's like, hey, maybe you should also gear down. And I didn't want to take off my skates. I'm like, I'm not even doing anything. I'm just standing here in my skates. And she said, well, you know, medical reasons, insurance, like blah, blah, blah. Could you please, could you please gear down? She asked me really nicely. She didn't do it in front of everyone. She tried to do it quietly, but it's easy to have like, oh, like you just suddenly feel it so much harder when you have to take your skates off. 
And she came by to talk to me afterwards. And at first I, I didn't want to talk. I'm like, nope, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm not crying. You're crying. Um, <laughs> but I am really glad that she stuck with me and I accepted her help and support and we talked for a bit and I felt a lot better after we talked. And so I wish the same for you. Like if, if someone is offering to help you and you're just like, nope, nope, I'm fine. I am independent. Like just accept the help. It, you will feel better if you talk to somebody. I often just try to lone wolf it on the feelings front. And, um, I think it's, it's better to share. It is better to share with the right people in the right setting. Number seven, take control. Now, at this point in your injury, in your recovery, things have been taken away from you and it makes you feel like you have less control. In this case, my skates got taken away. It was really sad. <laughs> For example, hey, I'm going to make a choice to go to a yoga class and that's going to work out my body and make me feel a little better without hurting my injury. Boom. There you go. Like make a choice to figure out how can I train around this? Or I'm going to make a choice not to train right now because that's the right decision for my body for what's going on. Or I, I you know, I'm going to make a choice to go do something. <laughs> and that's what takes me to number eight, which is the one I have added redirect your energies. This is a really good time. Like you have all this passion inside of you for the sport, presumably because you're listening to a podcast about it when you could be doing anything else. Redirect your energies temporarily, throw them into something. Um, somebody wrote to me recently about how they've been temporarily injured and they have thrown themselves into learning the rules better and learning to ref, which I think is phenomenal. Kudos to you. You're an amazing human being. It can be really hard to be around the other people doing the sport and you can't do the sport right now, but you're going to come back so much better as a player for this new knowledge you have gained. Amazing. People who help off skates coaching. That's also another way where you can just really help out your league. I have redirected myself into throwing myself into more of our fundraising efforts because we have our biggest fundraising event of the year coming up and I've worked on securing donations and making posts and taking pictures and I took some video and I'm going to try to make this love these lovely little vignette videos and we will see as I can only have limited computer time but it, it's it's made me feel like I have a different way to help the team right now without being out there on the track with them, which is great. And also I've been crafting a lot. I've been crafting things for this auction and I've been crafting things for myself. And Coach Dan's like, is this our lives now? Like, are you just going to be crafting all the time? And I'm like, it is right now. I'm just <laughs> throwing myself into a hobby and um, I'm really happy that I'm learning to get better at some of the sewing things I'm doing. And uh, it's it's fun because you just need something to fulfill you and distract you and make you feel like you're doing a thing. And this is a thing that's making me happy right now. And that's that's the most important thing. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy I'm giving myself permission to rest. I always stay involved and I'm going to approach it differently this time. I'm going to do it a different way and see if I get a different result. Oh my gosh, I've been talking for such a long time, and I didn't think that this was going to be a long episode. So 
Let's go through our thank yous. I want to say thank you and pew pew to a new patron on Patreon, Audrey. Thank you, Audrey. Thank you to all of our patrons, especially our top tier patrons, Stevie Kicks, Rachel White, Tara Wiebenson, and the training team at Charlotte Roller Derby. Woo! Thank you to Genergy, our transcriber, for writing down my words and being so awesome for everyone out in the audience who likes to read the transcribed episodes, which are available on Patreon. We got some reviews this week, got a review on Apple from Jesse Slamo. Jesse says, I absolutely love this podcast. I've been skating a little over two years and Jackie's topics have all spoken to me, particularly about mindset at different stages in the derby journey. From fresh meat to D1 Asperer, <laughs> Jackie has something for you. Yay! <laughs> On Facebook, Monica left a review saying, enjoying this podcast with a bunch of emojis. And there was also a review from Rachel who said, I feel swaddled in the spirit of roller derby every time I listen in. I thank you from the bottom of my gear bag for unpacking all the pros and cons of this package that many of us love so much. That's just, that's just beautiful writing right there. That made me very happy. There were great shares this week from Noxious Photos who took the photo of Kai from Kai herself Hulkstress, Cindy Martin, Faith, Boulder County Bombers, Penny Poundcake, Jamie, and Mallory. Thank you, guys. And there were great stories and feedback on Instagram from Archie Strange 13, uh, Alien Desmadra, Nat M. Rivers, Red Lip Renegade, and Ariel1620. And on Twitter from Sociopath, sharing about listening to the team episode before going to train rookies. Put her in a good headspace for that practice. That's awesome. And before we go, thanks to our sponsor, Stakeswear, Moda Skates, and Bout Betty's for your support. Thanks for listening to this episode. I really help. It helped you out there, Jackie. Jackie, are you listening? Like, don't go so ham. Be a little bit more chill. <laughs> it's all going to be okay in the end. Keep your love for roller derby. And don't push too hard too fast. And, uh... If you're not Jackie, but you know a Jackie, like Jackie's on your team or in your league, like please send this episode to Jackie. She really needs to hear it. If you've got a teammate who really should go go sit down <laughs> and maybe is just not knowing how they're affecting themselves or others, like this is, this is a good episode to share. All right. We have been talking about Derby and sharing Derby thoughts. Pew, pew. Thank you for listening to another episode of Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby Podcast. I really hope those laser beams of positivity will carry through your day. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on Facebook or on Instagram or Twitter at Power Fourth Whistle. That's P-O-W-E-R, the number four, T-H-W-H-I-S-T-L-E. You can find fun videos of On and Off Skates training at our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Instagram. You could also support the podcast on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. The benefits of becoming a patron include fun stuff I can send you, like stickers, buttons, or shirts from our Threadless store. You can get access to our Discord server, bonus content, and free giveaways. Plus, patrons now have access to an ad-free version of the podcast that will download to your favorite podcast app each week, and everyone can access our transcribed episodes at 
patreon.com slash powerforthwhistle. If you like the content we provide and want to support us on this journey, please consider becoming a patron. If you want to expand your derby wardrobe, of course, another way to support the podcast is visiting our store at powerforthwhistle.threadless.com, where you can get our designs on just about any type of apparel or accessory you can dream up. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast anywhere you can. Leaving reviews is still the best way to help this podcast be found and spread those laser beams of positivity to more humans. Plus, it's a way you can give back that is completely free. Open up your Apple Podcast app, punch those stars, and leave me a pew pew!